0: How are you now? How are you now? Not the best night uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. They lose four to two to the Los Angeles Kings in regulation at the Bell Center. Hello and welcome to episode. Uh, what is it? Episode twenty-seven of the Bottom 6 Minutes Podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and before I get started uh, with today's episode, I got a little housekeeping issue to talk about. Um, I had a few comments in the last uh, article that I put out on Habs Eyes and the Prize along with the podcast, and also got a few DMs about it as well, about me uh, taking the Lord's name in vain during the podcast's Um, look. I'm personally an atheist. I don't believe in anything. Uh, I was raised a Catholic. Um, I kind of got disillusioned with the church at a very young age and kind of moved towards atheism. Um, And I'm I'm also French Canadian. So most of our swear words are kind of very related to Catholicism in, in one way or another. So, it's something that I do very often. And, um, you know, uh, knowing that it bothers people, you know, that bothers me, right? I do take your comments and, and your opinions to heart. This podcast is nothing without people who listen to it. So, I'm going to make a sincere effort to, to stop doing that um as much as it doesn't bother me i don't want to bother anybody else i know how important that is to other people in their lives so you know i apologize to anybody who has been offended by that and i am going to make a sincere effort to to stop doing it so today is going to be the first episode of that hopefully it goes well and (laughs) it's maybe the wrong game for me to to try and stop um Taking the Lord's name in vain because that was a rough one for the Montreal Canadiens. It got better as the game went on, but it was not uh, very good from from the very first drop of the puck. Uh, the first five minutes were pretty even. The Kings were doing a really good job choking the neutral zone. Right, the Habs were completely incapable of doing anything transition wise. Uh, but it was pretty even for the first five minutes. And then all of a sudden, Habs get a power play. It's, it fails, of course. What else is new? And then it just becomes the Kings show for the rest of that period. Uh, about halfway through the period, weak-clearing attempt by Evgeny Dadonov in the defensive zone, Kevin Fiala ends up getting it behind the net. He throws it out front to Anzi Kopitar, and it is nothing for the Kings. And then before they even finish announcing that goal, Neutral zone turnover by the Habs. Again, the, the Kings doing a really good job choking out that neutral zone, just suffocating any transition. Uh, Philippe Dano, former Montreal Canadian Philippe Deneau, gets the puck in the offensive zone, feeds it to Victor Arvidson in the high slot. He shoots, snipes, 2-0 for the Los Angeles Kings. Shots were 16-5 to at the end of 20 minutes in favor of the Kings, and you're thinking, well, fuck, we're in for one tonight, folks. We're going to get shut out second period a little uneventful surprisingly Uh, Evgeny Dadunov took a hooking penalty 20 seconds into the period and I thought it was going to turn into a massacre for the Kings but the Habs managed to kill it off and they actually played better throughout the course of the second period Um, they actually started climbing back into the shot race a little bit by the end of the period we were looking at 23 to 15 in favor of the Kings so the Habs doubled their shot total in the first period um, but Couldn't score anything. We're still 2-0 for the Kings after 40 minutes. About six minutes into the third period, Cole Caulfield rings one off the post so hard that it shook the entire net and made everybody think he scored. They were actually celebrating a goal. The refs even stopped play to go and check and see if it actually went in, and it didn't. It just hit the post real hard. The crossbar, actually. It wasn't even the post. It was the crossbar. And uh, yeah, it shook the net, but it didn't go in. And then, of course, later on in the period, not long after that actually, offensive zone draw for the Kings, and here comes the backbreaker for the Habs. Point shot by Alex Edler. It bounces off Caden Gooley. Um, no fault to Caden Gooley on that one. He's just kind of standing in his position, and it hits him, redirects into the net past Jake Allen. It's 3 nothing. But you got about 10 minutes left on the clock. If you're the Habs, you got to play the rest of this one for pride. And to their credit, they absolutely do. Caden Gooley gets it back. He gets back the goal that he gave up, even though it wasn't really his fault. Beautiful skate through the neutral zone for Gooley. Um, He ends up joining in on the four check. Nice curl into the corner with the puck. Throws it back towards the point to Mike Hoffman, who's coming down. And he snipes, and it's 3-1. to The Habs are cooking. Maybe a little bit of a comeback coming here. And then in the dying minutes, Cole Caulfield comes streaking in on the right-hand side. From a horrendous angle, he manages to put that puck in. And it's 3-2. to two. Holy shit. Are they really going to do this? No, they're not. <laughs> With the net empty, Jake Allen comes out for the extra skater. Adrian Kempe just kind of flips a backhander to clear the zone. And he gets a little bit of luck there. The puck rolls his way into the net. Four to two for the Kings is your final score. What are you gonna do? Well, for starters, what what you could do is you know hit the fucking net. The Habs they missed so many shots in that game. Like the when you look at the shot totals, you you would think that the the Kings just had the puck on their sticks nonstop for sixty minutes. And like I said during the recap, things got better for the Habs as the game went on. They had a brutal first period, like a good five, a good first five. And then a brutal rest of the first period. And then the second period wasn't so bad, and the third period wasn't so bad either. I mean, they could have been considerably closer in terms of shots. They hit a lot of posts, and they missed the net a ton. you you got to hit the net, you know? I, I'm i willing to forgive it. Like I've said many times, they they do kind of need to be losing games this year so they can improve their their draft lottery odds. But at the end of the day, you, you don't want to see... The team missing the net that much, hitting the post that much. It's frustrating to watch. It's just difficult television as a fan. So, you know, that's one thing they could have done considerably better. As for a silver lining, um, take your pick. I'll give you two. Number one, Cole Caulfield. Let's face it. There's a lot of chatter on uh, on the old twitter.com about what is Sustainable. About the fact that Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki have an, uh, a goals for that well exceeds their expected goals for. And to that I say, shut up. Shut up about sustainability. Look at what he did in that game. I mean, yes, I, I will agree that Phoenix Copley probably should have stopped that shot by Caulfield. But again, what is sustainable when you have an elite shooter? Right When you look at stats like expected goals for, do they take into account who is shooting the puck, where they're shooting it from, what kind of pass came before that shot? As far as I know, when you look at expected goals and things like that, what they're really looking at is where is the shot being taken from. It doesn't factor in elite shooters. right? Elite players will always break your expected goals model. They will because they're elite, because they can do things that other players can't do. Cole Caulfield taking that shot from where he did, you know, um, I'll be honest, probably nine out of ten goaltenders make that save, and it's not a goal, but it goes in anyways. Why? Well, Cole Caulfield had multiple other opportunities that should have gone in. You know, the one where he rang it off the the crossbar and rattled the whole net—that should have been a goal. In in most games, if he takes that exact same shot, he's going bar down with it. He's going bar downski, and that's in the net. And when he celebrates, it's for a real goal. So (laughs) what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say all these people who are on Twitter and elsewhere, talking about sustainability, talking about whether or not they can keep their numbers going for the rest of the season. I implore you to actually just sit down and watch one game, right? I've seen some of these people basically admit on twitter that they haven't actually watched them play they're using the numbers and then they're only using the numbers and wondering why the results don't match up with the numbers that they're looking at you're looking at underlying numbers you're not actually looking at the game itself and what it is that they're doing to put themselves in a position to transcend those underlying numbers that's what nick suzuki and cole caulfield do and that's why cole caulfield is a deserved silver lining to that game because he again proved that, you know, he's a game breaker. You could have he could have had a hat-trick in that game. Puck rolls right for him, he's got three goals. Go figure. Has played like shit. They were definitely not the better team. His line was not the better line most of the time they were on the ice. But he's a game breaker and he can score those goals for you. So, you know, that's one good silver lining. The other silver lining is someone who has me blocked on Twitter. Again, we're, we're still talking about Twitter. We're talking about Mike Hoffman now. Mike Hoffman um, didn't play a great game. Uh, I thought it was eh, maybe middle of the pack for him in terms of his efforts this season. Uh, but you got, you got to look at that goal and say, man, can he shoot the puck? Man, could that interest some other teams in trade talks as we get closer to the deadline. You know, we're almost in, uh, well, it's only December 10th, so we're not quite almost in 2023 yet. But we know the trade deadline, it, it, it sneaks up on you, right? And if any teams are watching the Montreal Canadiens and thinking about trading for Montreal Canadiens players, you got to think that Mike Hoffman's going to gain some interest. Taking shots like that, like the Habs couldn't do shit for the first, pff, what, Fifty minutes of the game 50 plus and then all of a sudden he gets the puck coming down from the point of all places and just snipes one like there are going to be teams out there that are going to look at Mike Hoffman's performance and they're going to think about it from a standpoint of well what's the context within which he's doing what he does and it's on a Montreal Canadiens team that struggles mightily at 5 on 5 you know you put him on a team with a good power play, um, where he can slot in and just provide an extra weapon for them. Um, a team where he can fiddle, it, figure in—not fiddle in, figure in—to the middle six for them and contribute a little bit at, at five on five as well. He's—I he, think—I think there's a team out there that would trade for him, and that's the silver lining from this game and from Mike Hoffman's season in general, is that he may have value for the Habs. They might be able to trade him and get that contract off their books, which, let's face it, he's a little bit overpaid, but there are probably a couple of teams that are willing to overpay him because they think he might be able to to help them win a Stanley Cup. So, um, you know, decent game from him. Really nice shot. I hope that it gets him a chance to play for a team that's actually going to be competing for a Stanley Cup this season. I hope that for you, Mike, even if you won't unblock me on Twitter. He's never going to unblock me. I've said some rude things about him, so um, what are you going to do? I take ownership of that. But enough about me and who does or does not have me blocked on Twitter currently. Um, this is this whole podcast is about the Habs, about the games, and that was one that you would probably, you know, like to forget. It really didn't go well. I mentioned it on. Twitter saying, you know, I all I want for Christmas is uh, for the Habs to never do the reverse retro thing again. Because they always seem to lose when they play in reverse retros. I really wish that they would just stop. First of all, they're not even that nice. I know a lot of people like them. I don't like them. Great. Yeah, he did the Expo powder blue thing. Whatever. They, they look weird on TV. They look like the old Atlanta Thrashers jerseys. Like, let's just stop doing this. I don't know. I I really believe that they're cursed. I know maybe not everybody's as superstitious as me. I think they're cursed. And I think we should stop doing it forever. I think the next time the NHL calls and says, hey, we're doing a reverse retro this year, so Mr. Molson, uh, if you could get your design team to come up with something nice and fresh and new that nobody's seen before... Uh, We would really appreciate that. I hope that Jeff Molson, you know, is holding his phone and says, Hey, yeah, you know, all that money from the revenue sharing that we help contribute to a lot of it. that you're using to prop up franchises like Arizona that shouldn't exist. Uh, Yeah, that's my contribution, and I'm not participating in your stupid reverse retro thing ever again. So, you know, take my revenue-sharing money and build a reverse retro for another team. It's not going to be us. Suck it. That's what I hope he does, because we don't need those things anymore. They're cursed, and I don't want to see them anymore. Teams, this team is supposed to lose this season— And that's not a problem. But I I hate watching, you know, what, 52 minutes of scoreless hockey before they can actually put one in the net. Um, And yeah, I I don't necessarily think the jerseys are the reason for that. Let's face it. uh, The Kings did a good job choking out the neutral zone. Habs couldn't hit the net. There was a lot of things that kind of went into their inability to score in that game, but um, there's definitely a reverse retro curse. Look at... just. Look, proof's in the pudding, man. Multiple years that we have now of data on reverse retro games and I had to suck at all of them. All of them. Let's not do this anymore. We don't need to bastardize the beautiful Saint-Flanel. Anyways, there wasn't much else to learn from that game. Honestly, Um, Kings were the better team for the lion's share of that game. The Habs have some adjustments to make. Uh, They still suck on the power play. Um, I I don't know if there's any end in sight to that until and unless they get rid of Alex Burrows. Um, But it is what it is. It's a loss. Uh, You regroup. Hopefully they come back with a better effort um, against Calgary on Monday. Um, I don't know. It was flat. I didn't enjoy that game. Uh, The third period was fun, but... (laughs) it would have been more fun if they if they managed to pull off the win there anyways i think i'm going to cut it off there um again I want to apologize uh, to anybody who's been offended by me you know taking the lord's name in vain uh, again I'm canadian français fait que, uh, ça fait partie de mon vocabulaire uh, c'est sûr que si jamais je décide de faire un podcast uniquement en français uh, que vous allez entendre des choses que vous allez probablement pas aimer mais um, C'est des choses qui arrivent. Uh, je suis vraiment désolé. I'm sorry. Um, I don't want to offend anybody and um I I think I did a good job. I'm pretty sure I just managed to go uh 16-17 minutes without taking the Lord's name in vain. So, c'est une grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien, especially this plugger. A plug that you can hear on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter as well at drakemt. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening. And folks, Cole Caulfield, the countdown continues. 24 more goals to go. À la prochaine.